Hello, Pod Squad listeners. Future Jay coming in to just give a little intro to this episode. Angela and I wanted to put this here as a lot has happened since this recording was done back in November. This was the day after the popular vote and respected electors had been declared. On January 6th, as Congress was in the process of ratifying the votes of electors to confirm Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as the 46th President and Vice President of the United States, a violent mob breached the Capitol building. They used force, aggression, came armed, breaking windows and doors, destroying offices, graffitiing portraits, and carried weapons for threats against many, including the current vice president. As of today, countless people were injured and five pronounced dead. We are greatly saddened and frustrated for the blatant lack of action taken to protect our democracy and that contributed to the ease of this attack. Our hearts are with the people of D.C., and by POCs across the nation who have suffered the violence of this mob and others like it. Please enjoy today's episode. Madam Vice President. I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Hello and welcome back to An Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, sometimes AVO. We're two Gilmore stands diving into our past, present, evaluating if we were ever truly ready for anything. We discuss all things from problematic school dances to what no one prepares you for after college. Listen as we tell tales of elusive college boys and co-workers more high-strung than Paris Geller. Welcome back, everyone. So, today that we're recording this is November 8th, and some pretty big news for our country came in yesterday. We now have a new president and vice president-elect. Cue the roaring crowd. Cool things to know about them is this is the first presidential ticket since 1984 to not have an Ivy League grad. It will be the first adopted foster dog in the White House. Aww. And we have our first female HBCU grad. African-American, South Asian, Bay Area native, sorority-affiliated, vice president. Miss Kamala D. Harris, new vice president-elect, and we are so excited to have her. This is the highest election turnout rate ever. 145 million and counting ballots have been submitted. I know that the United States has one of the highest populations in the world, but it's still crazy to think that we have that many people, like when you hear about the votes cast. I just pulled this up from the Washington Post on November 4th, updated November 8th at 1.36 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, no, it doesn't say. I'm assuming Eastern Time. So far, 62.3% of eligible voters voted, and 663 is what's projected after everything comes in. This looks like the highest turnout rate since 1908. And that was 65.7. Don't ask me who the president was then. I don't know. (laughs) It was like right around the time of the First World War. But that's all I can give you. A push has been a few years. Wow. Okay, so that's 66% of 100% of people who are registered to vote. Who are eligible. Who are eligible. Okay. Hmm. Very interesting. You know, if you are by chance part of the 40% who is not registered to vote, might we encourage you to register to vote completely nonpartisan? Of our entire population, 
66.3 are projected to have voted, but that other 37%, they could be, we don't know if they're registered or if they're not registered or if. Right. But continue your PSA. <laughs> yes, just to wrap up my PSA, if you're by chance not registered to vote, please consider voting. Please consider registering to vote because it's pretty fun. I know it sounds like a lot of work, but when you get into it and you have your ballot and you do your research, it's pretty fun to think that you have a say in the way that your city, county, state, country is run. It's not just about what's on the highest office, what's on the federal level. It's what's going on locally that really will make an impact in our everyday lives. We're in California, so our voter booklet's always very large. You know, it really is. I've never thought about that before, but it's like you're getting your own little magazine. I didn't know that not all states did that until TikTok. So I have a question. Let's hear it. Who designs the stickers and how do they decide what sticker you get? Because I feel like mine have looked the same for the past four years, but this year a whole bunch of other states had some really cute ones. But even people who live in the same part of California as I do had different stickers than I did. So who's the manager I can complain to? (laughs) That's actually a really good question. I was going to say I think it's very city dependent, but that's completely a guess. Either way, 2022, because although another presidential election will not be till 2024, there are midterms every few years. So hopefully by 2022, we get new stickers. I get a new sticker. I think your sticker was cuter than mine. So I got the official, I had the official sticker that came with my mail-in ballot. So I thought everyone got that. What does it look like? Um, It's a circular I voted sticker. I think it has, um, so I think it says vote in white with some white stars and a wavy blue, white, and red background. I really think if anything, it was just the paper that it came on was very nice. It was a nice coral color with white script on it, encouraging me to post on social media and share with my friends that I had voted and show off my sticker. See, that's still different per county. I realized my sticker says where I am, but Angela, I can oh. show you, but this is this is the sticker I got when I went to drop off my ballot and it's the same one that came in my absentee ballot. Oh, interesting. Yours looks very serious. It is. And I don't live in a very serious place. I mean, I do, and I don't. Depends on the way you look at it. You would expect to have a more fun sticker. I don't know. I'll find the manager, and hopefully for 2022, I can get a better sticker. I'll design it. I have friends who can design it better than I could. Maybe you should write into City Hall and ask if they're looking for new stickers and make yourself available. So with this incredibly historical news... What are you most excited about? I think the most exciting thing for me is that all of the little girls who are thinking about what they want to be when they grow up, they will now consider president and vice president even more because they can actually see a female vice president. Can you imagine that? Like, I don't know. When you were little, did you ever want to be president? I wanted to be anything where I could be in charge. So yes, president would fall into that category. (laughs) I don't know. For me, 
it was never a big deal of whether or not I could see myself in that role as a child because I know that like, oh, I'm going to grow up and do this. So I never really thought about it in terms of president or vice president because obviously that's something you think about much, much later in your life. Now I feel like little girls are going to think about it even sooner. That and YouTube influencer will now be their top two things of what they want to be when they grow up. Or TikTok dancer. Exactly. Oh, wait, is that? Okay, you're going to have to explain TikTok dancer to me a little bit because I really don't get how people are making TikTok dancing careers. It looks very fun, but how is this done? We can talk about that another day. CPM, cost per thousand views. They get like a few cents per interaction and watch. Oh, interesting. So like my mindlessly scrolling, I'm paying them. Some of them, yes. And then the longer you watch, I think I'm assuming there's a watch time involved, but yeah. Okay. Some, something we'll discover more later. Okay. I don't watch many, if any, political shows, but I do know that in Scandal and The Politician and I'm pretty sure Veep and Parks and Rec and all of these shows have already put women in the highest office. I've gotten used to hearing Madam President, Madam Vice President, a lot through socialization of media. But I feel like now it will, as the kids say, hit differently because it's in history. It, it's really happened. It's not something that a writer or a producer or a showrunner or a director came up with. And they're like, huh, what would this be like? We'll see now what it's like to have a woman in the second highest office in the country. I'm actually really excited for when we have kids and they take social studies and they'll have this for homework and we'll get to see it in textbooks. I, low-key, I'm going to steal my child's textbook and read the entire section on Kamala Harris to see what they say. Well, hopefully by the time we have kids, their school's have the funding to have textbooks that go up that far. I know some schools have textbooks that go to 2008, and congratulations, we just had our first Black president, and that's where the books end. Yeah, I mean, I do understand that it's very difficult when your textbook is not up to date, and I think that we should do everything that we can to put more funding into that so that schools have the adequate resources that they need to get the most accurate information in students' hands. But it is a little bit hard when you talk about the presidency because you can't release an edition of like a government textbook every year and then just like it would take four different books to cover everything on one president. I think it's better when you get the story of someone's entire term in office rather than just a portion of it. I know from my modern world class, I believe that ended with Obama getting elected. So that was current because I took modern world in ninth grade, which would have been 2009, 2009 to 2000. Nope. No, 2009. To, nope. 2009 to 2010. Sorry. Then when I took AP U.S. History, it hadn't been. But I think I think textbooks should get written kind of in cycles with the presidential cycles because that's when the changes normally happen. Agreed. A four-year update would be great. And to save trees, they could just do inserts. 
like what happened those last four years. Oh, that's true. Sustainability. We're fans. Or even better, we can just introduce these kids to college early and they have to read the PDF online. Okay, no, some you can and some you can't, like, highlight sentences with. You can only highlight, like, the entire thing. It depends on the format of the PDF. Right. It's very annoying. I'm a fan. I just think in middle and high school, at least when I was going, there was a big battle between technology versus not technology and we we don't allow technology in the classroom but then we can't expect them to all of the technology at home to do this as well no that is true and i did go to a smaller school where it was like technology was available but there also wasn't that many people it needed to be distributed to throughout the day was there a word for that um for a small school or for technological distribution both they're under the same umbrella. It begins with a P. I believe you're looking for private school. Oh, it goes along with that. Like a little bit more general. Are you trying to hit privilege? There we go. Okay. Yes. That is my that is my privilege check for the day. Thank you, Jay. I mean, to be fair, I went to a very good public school. I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunity to go to the public school I did. I went to office hours more in high school than I did in college because I really liked my teachers and I felt like they really wanted us to learn. So I did not have obstructions that other public school people did have to go through, just to give a more fair picture of where that privilege check is coming from. We can do a whole school comparison. She's like, oh my god, my drama department hated your drama department. I was like, oh my god, I hated my drama department too. Let's be friends. That's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. My drama kids were the worst. Oh my god. If you went to school, you'd be so snobby. Like, no, just because, like, her school, like, was, like, one of the clickiest, snobbiest places around. Back to our Madam Vice President. Wait, really fast here? Have they decided Kamala Harris's husband, will he be the second husband? They haven't come up with a term. Okay. I'm going with second dude. <laughs> second lad are both options I think would be cool. I think they're going with probably second gentleman is what I've heard. Oh, I like that. I like second gentleman. Because you like everything very proper. I do. It's my, my favorite way to address multiple males in emails. Gentlemen. Last night when Madam Vice President-elect walked out on stage, she was wearing all white, and I was watching the speech with my mom, and she had to give me a little history lesson on the significance of that. Ooh, do tell. So wearing all white is a homage or a nod to women's suffrage. They always wore all white. It's why AOC wore white to her swearing in when the Kavanaugh hearings were all of the Democratic senators wore all white in solidarity. Oh, I remember that. It's a nod to the women who came before her and the women who will come after her and all of that shattered glass. I really like that. Similarly, I love how AOC wore red lipstick and hoops so that anyone who comes after her who wears hoops, whatever connotation comes with that and wearing bright lipstick is a congresswoman wore this. It's not just something that society can look down upon or make critiques on or judgments based off that alone i will say when aoc did that i like i pulled out all of my hoop earrings that i've never worn before because i really don't wear earrings that often anymore 
shit. Well, okay. So a little backstory on that. I actually had a just like an interesting interaction in high school. Um, I used to love to accessorize. Earrings were my favorite. Did someone tell you that you couldn't wear your white gold hoops anymore? Close. Close. No. Loved color. Loved big designs. Just they were something to have fun with. And I was wearing my particular favorite pair. They had these like little green like marbles in them. And then they were like ringed with like two silver hoops. And I guess where I was sitting in the classroom, it was catching the light. And so it was reflecting. And a teacher was in the middle of a lecture and like he saw it. And then he just yelled out all of a sudden. And he's like, you all better be paying attention. He's like, unlike Angela. That sounds traumatizing. Too busy accessorizing. And apparently that's the only place she wants to put her time and effort in. And that really hurt because I actually Mm -hmm. like pride myself on being a pretty good student. I like to learn. I like to put in the effort there. But all that he was focusing on was my earrings. And, you know, maybe he meant it sarcastically, maybe not. But after that, I put away the big earrings. It was not good. It was definitely very embarrassing in the moment. And I was always very self-conscious going back into his class. When AOC, like, came out and made her statement about why she was accessorizing the way that she was, I mean, it reminded me of that moment. and. I pulled out my big earrings again. It's like, haven't put them on yet. Haven't quite been that brave. But ever since I saw that, it was like, there is no reason why I shouldn't wear these. There's no reason why I shouldn't have more. And if anyone wants to say anything, I actually have a picture of her quote on my phone. And I am prepared to pull that out when I get there. Still not there yet. Working on it, though. I'm currently reading Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly. She's the only human on this planet that if started a cult, I would be the first to join. She is amazing. She's very insightful, very helpful. It's not a self, it's definitely, I mean, it'd probably be in the self-help category, but it's more self-awareness and self-compassion. But something she mentions that one of the big shame categories for women is body issues and like aesthetics and like how much we have to put into that and i think non-partisanly non-politically as women we all know what that's like we all know the joke of girls getting together hours before prom and boys splashing some water on their face spraying some more of that lovely axe body spray and putting their tux on and getting ready to go oh god we put so much time into our appearance and Some of it is by desire. Some of it is because we want to. It makes us feel better. The root of it started because it was the way we were told we had to look. The bare minimum we could do is make ourselves presentable. Jamila Jamil spoke at something. I love The Good Place, the show, and I think she's an amazing activist, and I think she's a very open activist. She, I think she calls herself like a feminist in progress because she's always continually learning and trying to better and educate herself. But I was listening to her talk and something she said, imagine all that women could accomplish if we weren't so worried about our appearance. Think of how early 
you get up for class or for work and how much time you spend towards your appearance. And if you don't put that time towards your appearance because you're a busy mom, because you have an 8 a.m. class, for whatever reason, you don't put the time in how you feel about yourself and how you feel you're looked upon by everyone else. And I mean, I think even the strongest of us, we think about that a lot. And there's always that little bit of doubt in your head, even if you're very confident about how you look and you don't believe that looks come first. No matter who you are, I think as a woman, it's just something that always sits in the back of your mind. And it's a little hard to let go of. But now we have a new female role model to look at. And I mean, who knows? Maybe she won't be super into having all of her outfits replicated and whatnot. But like, we have this new woman in power who will redefine the way that other women in power, in business, in the workplace dress themselves. Definitely that. And I think something else that is just always great when you put a woman in a position of power is that she helps other women as much as there's the portrayal of the catty girls and girls can't get along and groups of girls there's always going to be fights and things that pit women against each other women really do want to and strive to uplift each other against all of that negativity and stereotypes and cattiness i'm reading I know, I'm very late on the train, I'm very late to the game on reading Michelle Obama's book. She's talking about her staffers and wanting to make sure she has a diverse group of staff, as did Barack Obama when he was president. As Joe Biden has stated, they wanted their cabinets and the people they surround themselves to look like the country we live in. By uplifting one woman, you're there uplifting all of those powerful, strong, smart women she surrounds herself with and then we all get better from that exactly like it'll be very interesting to see how their cabinet is made up and i don't know did you ever um gosh it was a girl's magazine i don't even know if it's still in publication i can't remember the name of it but every year a new president was installed they did a feature on the interns or specifically like the female interns. I know I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to look for it. I feel like I might still have a few copies. Yeah, I remember the ones from Barack Obama's first year and it was so great to see the diverse staff that he brought in and the diverse interns under them and all that they were doing. I think we should do an episode guessing the cabinet. I don't know when that gets released, but I have like like a fantasy cabinet situation. Ooh, interesting. I like it. And we can do an inauguration episode. Or we can just go to the inauguration. Coronavirus. True. But that would be a fantastic inauguration. It would be. Mm -hmm. I want to know who's going to perform. Even from what we saw last night. Okay, this is going to be my one political comment. And it's not even really political. It's because I'm a really petty person that this is getting brought up. One of the songs during the fireworks show was, I don't know the name. It's the Tom Petty song. My one reference point, it's the song that Ruthie sang to the soldier's family in an episode of Seventh Heaven. Oh. Um, Stand my ground. Don't back down. I don't know what it's called, but I'm sorry. You, Everyone knows the song. You know the song I'm talking about. Yes. The current occupant who was running for re-election tried to use that song back in June, and the Petty family had declined and asked that song to not be used again at a rally. So it was very satisfying to see it used last night 
for the pomp and circumstance of it all. Oh, I mean, honestly, I think they'll have their pick of people to perform. They had so many endorsements from bands and artists. Did you hear, um, just from the fireworks show, they started with a Coldplay song. It was Bo's favorite song. And then you see president-elect joe biden just like looking up at the drones and thinking it's so cool and he marveled at them just like a little kid would but they used his son's favorite song to start the whole thing off coldplay even came to play at the at the funeral i believe oh i think that's one of the things i'm going to enjoy the most about 46 is that he has a great sense of wonder and loves ice cream and loves ice cream yes I was just going to say, on fireworks, did you hear that um, in the UK they actually set off fireworks last night when the projections and the bells in Paris? Yeah, I saw I saw those. And then the Prime Minister of Canada also released a lovely statement. Yep, it's very nice of him. The whole world was waiting on this decision. Mm-hmm. On a more personal note, quickly, I was so excited. I felt like honestly Christmas Day. I woke my mom up when I saw it. I was doing my morning kind of morning routine and I was like, I'm not even going to check. It's a Saturday. As much as we would like everyone to work, the whole thing, it's government. So governments have like, they don't normally work weekends. Like I'll probably won't know anything till Monday. And I am going through Instagram stories and it says one minute ago and it's Karama Brown from Queer Eye yelling at the screen and it's CNN. And CNN this whole time has been more conservative with their projections than any other news station because I've been following the AP and that's I know what Fox was using. And then MSNBC had a different one. It was very confusing following the electors, but CNN posted it. So then I go check the AP and I go check a few sources because fact checking is important. Multiple sources are important. Validating things is what makes them a fact. Anywho. And it doesn't take that long. Yes. Google. We love Google. Google Scholar is better for stuff like this, but Google is a great start. Anyway, yeah, Karamo had posted on Instagram, like, what? Like, no. And then I was like, oh my god. Yes, and I start. And then I go into my mom's room, like, Christmas, and I, like, wake her up in the morning. She's like, what? I'm like, we know. He, he, it, it happened. It happened. And then all of our family starts to call, and everyone's, like, really excited. And I just, Aww. I felt like there was a weight lifted off my shoulders, and I was just so happy. And one of the things that made me so happy, we'll go more into this closer to the inauguration of reasons why Joe Biden deserves this. And although on policy, I think there are things that I would want a little bit differently, he is such a decent and honorable man, whether he was president or not, and deserves the utmost respect from every single American. But moving on to his VP, so many people, so many women were posting so many different photos. And the one that really got to me was the photo that E! News posted of Mindy Kaling's quote. And just so I say it correctly. I'm going to pull up my Instagram. Angela, insert any music you would like while I find this. <laughs> Non-copyrighted fair trade. I was definitely more like that girl that forgot her anniversary. Like, I think I found out around like 11 a.m. Like, I was so confused. I was like, "What? what's going on? Like, I opened Instagram, was going through stories. And I was like, oh, oh my God, wait, this happened. This happened hours ago. Because I also assumed we'd have to wait until Monday. Um, Mindy Kaling, it's a photo of her holding her older daughter. By the way, who knew she had that second baby, like, slip that under the rug? I know. It's a photo of her holding her daughter and it says, crying and holding my daughter. And in quotes, it says, look, baby, she looks like us. And I just love that. Not only did people 
of color get them elected. But also, I think it's a great unifying moment for the, I mean, obviously the African American and the South Asian community to get together, but also just people of color spoke. People of color spoke for this pair. And for someone who's not white, I'm I'm Chinese, even though it's not like, oh, this exact, I don't look like Kamala, I can't see direct, direct, like, facial feature comparison. Knowing someone who has a similar story to me, who has had similar experiences, has similar cultural relations, is something I've never had and something I would have never thought that I needed until it happened. A similar thing happened to me when the movie Crazy Rich Asians was released. I was overwhelmed by a lot of feelings and I couldn't quite figure it out. And there's the scene when they first get onto the plane and they're in their wife's beds and they're the silk pajamas and they're rolling over to say goodnight after she finds out he's loaded and they start making out. And that's not like, it's not like, ooh, they're kissing, ew, cooties. I don't believe, outside of like a K-drama or a Japanese drama, I don't believe I've ever seen two Asian actors do a makeout scene in my entire life. I've seen Asian people make out. I don't think I've seen two Asians on a blockbuster movie nor TV show had that represented to me. And it's a small thing. It's very small. But it's something that hasn't been portrayed ever. And it reminded me why representation matters that although I have seen myself and other characters and their personality, seeing yourself, especially for kids seeing themselves at such a young age, represented in such a position of power does matter and will impact people going forward. Like there is now going to be an entire generation of people who will grow up knowing a woman as vice president. It's absolutely amazing. And it's still something that I feel like hasn't quite settled in for me yet. Because, of course, women are fully qualified to do any job that they want. This is something that has been very provocative and controversial for this country. As of yesterday, that idea has completely been shattered. And it will never be the same again. As Jeff Prope says on Survivor... The votes are in. (laughs) I know. The Mindy picture really did get to me, too, when you sent it to me, because it's something that I've never really thought about. And when I had to consider why I didn't think about that, it's because I think deep down, I really doubted that it would ever happen. And I've never been so happy in my life to have been wrong. Our generation and the ones after us are really questioning some of these things like why have we never had this why can't this be possible i remember i saw this really cute um it was a photo justin baldoni posted it on instagram and he said as a joke during the second presidential debate they asked their daughter who do you want to be like which do you want to be like and her answer was the moderator i wish i could remember her name but it was not chris wallace it was the female moderator well her name is Kristen Welker. She's the second Black woman to moderate a presidential debate. Go Kristen Welker. But just the idea that I think Justin Baldoni's daughter, I think she's like five or six, she's still young, saw the two people debating for the highest office of the land, and she wanted to be the moderator. That's who she wanted to be. Is something that I don't think people would have considered or even 
it shows the hope in kids and the progression and the growth. Now, all of these kids, like you said, will it won't be like, well, can a woman be president? Can someone of color be president? It's yes, it's happened and it'll continue to happen because being the first is hard. The first is the hardest, but it opens the doors. That's why glass shattered yesterday. I hope her niece stays on TikTok. Mina Harris on TikTok is one of my favorites. Aww. I thought I assumed they were related because that she was verified, but I'm like, how are you related to Kamala? I was like, oh, you're her niece. She's the one who posted that. Like, she posted like all of the ones of her dancing. I have it pinned in my browser. I need to watch the video of the speech that Kamala gave her niece before election. I they call it a speech, but I think it's just like a 30 second clip of like her talking to her about the little one, the young one. Yeah. Technically that's her grand niece or her niece once removed her. her Mina Harris is her niece, so it's the daughter of Mina Harris. Okay. I was just going to say really quick, I feel like that's another episode topic for us, the way that you label yourself within families. We're getting technical. Once removed is when you're on a different generational level versus second is when you're on the same generation level oh interesting i'm gonna try to make this simple without a visual my mom has a cousin they're on the same generation level so that's her cousin that's my cousin once removed because we're on different generations Mm -hmm. his daughter is my second cousin because we're on the same our parents are cousins so we're second cousins please don't ask any follow-up questions (laughs) i think i've got it Yay for women. Yay for progress. Can't wait to watch the inauguration. Ditto. But really, I know we sound kind of subdued, but we're really excited. We're also reiterating recording this on November 8th, so we have a bit of time to go. We'll give you some updates. Next week's going to be our inauguration like bingo game. In a few weeks, we'll go back to our regularly scheduled Gilmore and Anecdote programs, but... With something this significant and this historical, we thought it would be something to catalog not only on the interwebs forever, but for ourselves. We do understand if this isn't your regular cup of tea, we'll put a little disclaimer out there as well that this is what we're talking about and regularly scheduled programming will return. But we hope you join us. Technically, this is a cup of tea. This would be tea or Diet Coke because if it was the Gilmore's, it'd be coffee. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to go with tea because I feel like this would be like a Taylor thing. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with Inauguration Bingo. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye.